What is up, guys? This is the Patty Ball coming at you from this amazing Saturday morning. With I'm here with Sam. What's up, Sam? How's it going, buddy? How you doing? You know, I'm doing okay. I mean, uh, there's some obvious stuff that we won't get into here that was not super fun last night. But regardless, uh, we got a Thanksgiving special episode coming at you guys. It's only going to be 10 minutes, so pretty short because... This is family time. You guys need to spend time with your families. We need to spend time with our families. So we're just going to keep it short and sweet today. But Sam, do you want to introduce what we're going to be talking about today? Today we will be giving thanks for what there is in the NBA that we love. We will be giving thanks for our favorite teams, our favorite players, our favorite moments. We'll just be kind of going back and forth and really just having an open conversation about the things that we do really like. Sometimes it seems like we can get caught up in the negative a little bit, always talking about things we want to fix or problems that we see. But today's all about just being grateful for the things that do work, the things that are going well, and the things that we appreciate about the association that we talk about so much. Yeah, that's perfect. I don't need to add anything to that. But, uh, I'll let you, I'll again throw it back to you, Sam. I'll let you uh, let you start. What is one thing that you are currently thankful for in today's National Basketball Association? I'm really thankful that the season's about to get started again. We're really less than a month away from NBA basketball officially being back. The preseason begins on December 11th. That's two weeks away at this point. That's so exciting. It's so fun to understand that there will be hoops soon. And thank you to the NBA. I am grateful for that. I am grateful for the season to be arriving, the way you were able to turn around last year, and the way that you're going to be moving forward. That's an excellent one, Sam. Um, One thing I am thankful for is all this young talent we currently have in today's NBA. You have so many budding superstars in today's NBA with guys like Luka Doncic, guys like Giannis Antetokounmpo, Trey Young, I don't know if I'd call him a superstar in the making, but he's most definitely a star. Shea Gilders-Alexander, you know I had to mention him. He's the only thing I have going for me on my team right now, so let me have this one, people. And there are just countless others that I... There are just so many. I could sit here and for the entire 10 minutes of this show and name them all, but there are just so many awesome guys. Bam Adebayo, I felt he should be mentioned. Um, there's just so many young guys that are going to be taking continuous jumps in their game, and continue building off of awesome performances from last year. And I think it's something that's super exciting to watch. And it it's nice to know that, that after all these guys that are stars right now in their late 30s or early 30s, late 20s, after they retire, there's something after them. So that's, all, that's one of the things I am thankful for. And I mean, I like that you mentioned your guy, Shaggy, with this Alexander right there. I think it's really important to mention a guy who's going to be starting among three other first-round draft picks. Not literal players, but picks themselves, at least for right now. Yeah, it's going to be nice to see that roster once it's fully fully constructed with all the picks. Uh, just no actual players, just Shea and 2021 first-round pick, 2022, 2023. Exactly. It's going to be great. It's going to be great to watch some ISO ball, but enough. I'm not really thankful for a lot of my team, let's be honest, than those picks in Shea. But Sam, what's another thing you're thankful for? Hold on a minute, hold on a minute, hold on a minute. I'm not done ragging on your team yet. I think we need to figure this out a little bit more. So at this point, you have to excuse me because I haven't done a whole lot of reading into the the happenings of the Oklahoma City Thunder recently. Tell me who let's just go down, let's just go through the starting lineup really quick. Who's your starting point guard at this point? 
I'm gonna. Oh gosh. Um, it could be George. <laughs> I hate that. That's that, that's a possibility. I think they could start Shea at point guard, but the next best guy on the roster is George Hill, so it might be George Hill. But I, I'm just gonna say Shea because I think they want him to start handling the ball more. But and then working on. Okay. Then working the way working the way down the lineup, you got uh, Lou Dort at shooting guard. I mean, hopefully he gets his offense going more. But he has great defensive piece. And then this is the guy who was famously crossed up by new Celtics guard Peyton Pritchard, correct? Yeah, yeah. But that was at Arizona State, so I'm okay with that. It was against our team, so I'm cool with that. But I'm having trouble remembering some players in the roster. But I know at center right now we got uh, Al Horford, one of the league's rising superstars. <laughs> Um, some good veteran presence. No, there's some good veteran presence. Yeah, but there. I mean, I, I, yeah, I agree with you on that. But I just, I just don't really. See. How do we, how do we know this isn't going to be the Al Horford resurgence season where we get him back to the All Star game? People didn't think Chris Paul was going to do anything. People thought Chris Paul was just riding off into the Oklahoma sunset, and yet he came out and was absolutely balling. How do we not know Al Horford isn't doing the same thing? Break it down for me. Well. I think I know they both are around the same age, but I, I just I I really liked the fit that Chris Paul had because I feel like he can make a team better, not necessarily just himself. I'm not saying that Al Horford totally cannot do that, but I think having Chris Paul there helped a bunch of the other guys, guys like Shea and Dennis Schroeder, get better, and we saw an uptick in both of their numbers this year, and I think Chris Paul is not necessarily the reason for that, but he's he didn't he didn't hurt that. So I think he just kind of fits in a little bit better there, and he's a great distributor, so we could always get guys like Gallo, great looks, and guys like Lou Dort and Terrence Ferguson. These are really prestigious names I'm reading off, but he this team... They, I just think that Chris Paul can lift a culture better than Al Horford can, as Al Horford really bogged down the culture in Philadelphia. Not saying that was his fault, not necessarily saying culture either, just the spacing specifically. But I I don't think Al Horford would be terrible. I'm just not he doesn't really do anything for our timeline, which is the thing that kinda of bugs me. And I don't think there are as many good pieces around Shea and Al Horford to lead another resurgent season for the team. So while Al Horford's numbers may go up because he gets more opportunities I, I just don't see a similar season to what Oklahoma City had last year. I mean, I could be wrong, though. I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but... I like what you said there, though, about fitting the timeline. And that was my biggest concern as well when I saw the move. It wasn't that I thought it was necessarily like a move that would cripple an organization or anything like that. I think it's a, it's a move for a fringe all-star who's aging. That's, that's what the move is. A former fringe all-star who is now aging. And that, that's a fine move. It's a move a lot of people make now and then. But I think that it is a really, a really obvious filler piece. It is. It's a filler of space because you just need someone who can get in there, someone who can score some points, get some rebounds, play some basketball for you while you wait for these draft picks to cash in. The Oklahoma City Thunder's game plan, correct me if I'm wrong, they're not looking to win in 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023, maybe not 2024, 2025, 2026. But at some point along that line, it's going to start really cashing in. Now, Patrick, you're in for a long wait. But 
hopefully there's some light at the end of the tunnel, especially if these draft picks come in the right way. Yeah, and I'm, I think this does give me a great chance to catch up on some hobbies because I feel like these late-season Oklahoma City Thunder games are going to have a lot less meaning. Not not saying I'm a bandwagon and I'm not going to watch. I'm going to tune into as many as I can because I still like watching basketball. But I, I it's, it's just a weird feeling knowing that they're just going to suck and... And it's it just doesn't really like I'm still excited for basketball to come back, but it kind of puts a damper on. Can Oklahoma City go to the playoffs? No. Can they do anything? No. So it's just it's it it's just a weird feeling. I mean, I'm still gonna root for the team and support the team, but it's just it's very strange. Like all my jerseys I have are now outdated, except for my Shea Gilders Alexander. Now that Stephen Adams is gone. So I, it's just weird to see all the guys I grew up watching just gone, and now there's no hope of competitiveness, essentially. So, I mean, we'll see. But, Sam, we're almost actually out of time. Wow. Uh, one more thing you're thankful for really fast, because I talked for a while. You did talk for a while, but, I mean, we don't have to cap it at exactly 10 minutes no, if you no. don't want to. We can we can have the natural com- conversation okay. if you wish. Okay, let's just do it. Let's, let's see where this goes. I'm I'm just saying we can be we can be cool and chill about it. I can't. Okay. Hypothetically, though, if this does go too long, we're gonna have to go back and edit out the part in the beginning where you say that this is gonna be done in ten minutes. I mean, this is corrected right. <laughs> now by us saying it's not gonna go ten minutes. So the people can, if they if they're true fans, they'll listen and realize, oh, it's not gonna be ten minutes necessarily. But I I I might have to go back and edit that. We'll see. But. Well, no, I, w- I was curious because you mentioned um, that you can't that it's going to be difficult to watch a lot of the games this season, probably because your team is going to be getting blown out of a lot of ball games, which which happens every now and then, every few seasons. That's the, that's what has to happen. It's inevitable. It'll happen eventually. I think that what's important then is that what's also so great about the NBA is that you can look at it as a league of individuals as well as a league of teams. So you're granted that ability to watch some of your favorite guys from around the league, from around the association, excuse me. So in the spirit of Thanksgiving, who are some of the guys that you are thankful for in the NBA? Oh, man. There are a lot. There's there's a lot of people that I am thankful for in today's NBA. I, I always love watching LeBron. LeBron is awesome. I don't care if he's if it's boring. He's so fun to watch. Just the energy that he plays with, and the just the watching him drive to the hoop is just awesome because it could just be a giant dunk, and he's so old too, and it's just the athleticism is not necessarily still there, but there are pieces of it that are there. So I'm really thankful to watch LeBron. Uh, I've become quite the Chris Paul fan. Chris Paul really turned turned me on to him, and I'm excited to watch him in Phoenix. I think I'll I'll if if the Thunder don't end up making the playoffs, I might have to watch some Phoenix Suns games to help out with Chris Paul. Um, Obviously, I I really like watching Kevin Durant. As much as the guy made me cry when he left, uh, I still love watching the guy. I probably shouldn't have admitted that on air. I did cry when he left, yeah. <laughs> I tore up my poster. I was really sad all day on the 4th of July. But um, I still love watching the guy. Same with Russell Westbrook. Like The energy with Russell Westbrook plays, it's just so fun to watch. It kind of just feeds off of you. Or feeds onto you as a fan. Like when I'm watching, I just get really into it. So I know three of those guys are Thunder guys, but that's just how that's just how it goes. Um, Sam, who are a few of the guys that you are thankful you get to watch? 
I mean, I'm wearing a Trailblazer hoodie right now, so obviously I have to say guys like Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard is like one of the most fun players to watch in the league. I don't care what anybody says. Also, as much of a rivalry as it appears at least that they have, I'll also say that Russell Westbrook is a guy that I'm glad I get to watch play basketball. He's somebody who may have single-handedly tanked the value of a triple-double, but it's so impressive that that was actually done in the first place. And I don't think that that gets mentioned enough. People like to argue about point guards, which is a fun conversation. There's a lot of really capable guys. I don't believe Russell Westbrook is probably in the top three point guards. He's in the top five, though. And I don't think there's any reason to slander that. Okay. He's a guy that I'm definitely thankful for. There's a few, though. Well, there's some now more. I have to offer this question to you. Who are your top five point guards in the NBA? Can you rank them one through five? Yeah. Um, Steph Curry, number one. I don't think there's any conversation about that. It, it is what it is. I think you have Damian Lillard, number two. I think that Kyrie Irving, healthy and in a good mindset, is number three. Whether you're going to get that all the time, you don't necessarily know. But when he is feeling right, Kyrie Irving is the third best point guard in the world. And I don't think it's really that close. I think there's a drop-off after that. I think you have Russell Westbrook right after that. Probably the most dynamic out of any of them. But shooting woes and some other difficulties lead to that ranking. And fives where it gets really fun. It gets to... It gets to like another tier of point guards, if you will. A bunch of guys who can be really, really good, but aren't always, and therefore make this a difficult conversation. But here's a question that I'll ask you, and it'll change this conversation. Guys like... I still think guys like Trey Young are a little bit too young to be in this conversation, personally. But... I could see taking Chris Paul right there at five still. He's still a leader, still a scorer, still has what it takes to be the best player on the floor. And he can still command an offense. That's what you need from a point guard. Yeah, I I honestly tend to agree with you with that five. I I think the Kyrie-Russ gap is a little bit closer than you may think because I I just think you don't necessarily know what you're getting sometimes because Kyrie Irving can be such a diva at times I mean I I just think his ability I think he doesn't have as much of an impact on a team necessarily as I would like because that the Boston team performed pretty well both when he was injured and when he left I mean I know they did get Kemba Walker back but I um I think my not necessarily well I guess I would say respect for Kyrie Irving kind of went down after the whole Boston thing because it just seemed like he just didn't really he just didn't really do it right like he just he beefed with a bunch of people on the team he said he was going to resign and then he just completely didn't and it was just it's just always felt like there was some dumb headline that I had to hear about with that team and Kyrie Irving so that I mean I know that doesn't necessarily impact his on the floor ability but I think it lessens his impact and I think Russ Westbrook can have more of an impact on a team so I think it's closer but I still I'm still leaning Kyrie at three um, but. Yeah, the Chris Paul thing at five, he's a great leader. 
he he doesn't necessarily need to be on the best player on the floor at all times and I think that's a really valuable skill because I don't think Russell Westbrook has necessarily learned that. I think he's always kind of me, me, me. I want the ball. And Chris Paul has kind of realized that he doesn't necessarily need the ball. And he can be more of a distributor at times. And he can be more of an off-the-ball guy at times. And I, I think that's really valuable in a point guard. So I do think the gaps between 3, 4, and 5 are closer than you might say. But I still agree with your ranking pretty much. I also think that it depends on where you classify certain players. There are some players that may play point guard sometimes, may not play other times. It makes the conversation difficult. I.e. your Luka Doncic, your LeBron James. But without those factors, true, if we're talking true point guards, I think that's probably the top five for right now. I think a guy like Trey Young is getting close. I think he's knocking on the door. And a guy who I want to hear your opinion on, He's coming back from injury this year. It's going to be the first time we're going to see him healthy in probably about four seasons. John Wall. John Wall, obviously, there is just no knowledge necessarily of what he's going to look like. I think I was talking to one of my buddies about this, and they were bringing up that he looks good in um, scrimmages. And I was like, okay, that Carmelo Anthony looked really great in scrimmages. I mean, he pl- he didn't look that level when he got in the NBA. So I think it's like, I mean, he looked good, but it's just a whole different thing. Like, I think you can't base something off of like workout videos or scrimmages. I thought that was kind of weird, but I do want to, I, I'm, I'm really torn here because I feel like there's a chance he could be really good, but I, I don't think he's gonna get back to the level he once was at because he's just been out. He's just been out for so long, and I just he's getting older. And I think one of the key traits of his game is his athleticism. So I think it's not gonna be the John Wall we necessarily know, but it doesn't necessarily need to be because he has Bradley Beal who's coming into his own. So I think they can kind of maybe switch a little bit from John Wall being the guy and Bradley Beal being the clear number two. Maybe Bradley Beal being the guy and John Wall being the number two guy who still is really good. But I I could look totally wrong. I mean, there's just not a lot that I know about what John Wall looks like on a basketball court right now. But I don't think he's going to be as good as we've seen in the past just because of age and injuries. But I still think he'll be a really good point guard. I would say a clear top ten point guard in the league. But I, I don't know if i put him in the discussion for top five necessarily. But what about you, Sam? What are your thoughts on John Wall? I'm really sitting in a similar boat that you are, which I know isn't very interesting for a podcast. We should probably be arguing about it for the sake of content. But truthfully, we don't know anything, man. We don't know anything. We are still waiting to find out if the man can still step out on the floor and be productive. We still have to find out. There's no way to tell. You can look great in a scrimmage and not perform whatsoever. It's totally possible. I saw scrimmage videos of Jimmer Fredette where he looked awesome. It totally happens. Sometimes it just doesn't come together. That's not what I'm saying is going to happen, but I'm saying that it's what can happen. So therefore, I've got caution. John Wall is an absolute fighter. He is aggressive it's in his mentality it's how he plays he is tough 
he is somebody who I think could come back from such an ordeal. Because of that alone, the heart that I know that that guy has, I have very, very, very cautious optimism that we will see a very, very capable point guard out there on the floor for the Washington Wizards. All-star? I don't know. But a very, very capable leader on the floor for the Washington Wizards. No, yeah, I think we'll see sort of a fringe all-star kind of guy. I mean, it'd be really cool to see him make an all-star team, but I just... I, there's a lot of guard talent in the East, too. I mean, it's tough. It's going to be tough to get that spot, but... No, there is, and there's still other guys out there who are very capable point guards. You've got your Kyle Lowry's, for example. Some other guys who can get out there and can really play the position, play it well. Kemba Walker. Yeah, I uh, I think there's a lot up in the air with the John Wall thing, but we're actually at 20 minutes now, so is there oh, any last thoughts that you want to throw out there to the world, Sam? Oh... I'm thankful that Patrick brought me on this project and that we're doing this together. This is a lot of fun to be doing every weekend. I'm thankful for that, and I'm thankful for all two of you to listen. We're very grateful. Patrick's been hiding those numbers from me. He doesn't want me to see how much my cut really is. <laughs> uh, but, zero. There it is. It's on the air. Oh, zero yes. cut. Yes. All the cuts. I get all zero of the cuts. I'm super excited. Um, and I'm thankful for all of you. Thank for everybody who interacts with us on social media. That's always a lot of fun. And thankful for the uh, the very small Sunday Morning Hoops community. Yeah, Sam. I'm pretty thankful that you were willing to hop on here. I know you're a busy man with your Once a Duck, which is awesome. And you guys should go check out his podcast, Once a Duck, on everywhere that you can get a podcast, I believe. I, I know there's some weird podcast places out there, but maybe it's on there. I don't know. Um, I think we're on some pretty weird ones. Yeah, there's some that I'm just like, that I, we're on an anchor, and I'm just like, what is that? Does anybody listen to, like, some of those? I, I have to look, but... But yeah, Sam, I am, I'm thankful you hopped on, and you decided to do this. This it makes it a lot of fun every week, because I had a rotating co-host for a while, and that was kind of weird at first, because I didn't really get to know. What's a while? What's a while? Okay, like three weeks, four weeks. Well, because I, I was supposed to have it for longer, but everybody kept canceling, so I just had to keep referring back to you, like, hey, can you hop on this episode? So it worked out. I was supposed to have a rotating co-host for longer, but it uh, it ended up being you a lot of the time, which is, it worked out fine, but yeah. Um, Sam, important question, though. Is your is your podcast on CastBox, though? Because ours, this one is, is, is Once a Duck on CastBox? I think so. What, I might be wrong. Left. What about Radio Public? I'm sh- sure. Okay, well, you should know this because I have all the numbers right here for our podcast. Uh, ours is on Pocket Casts, Overcast. Those are such stupid names. I'm sorry. Undercast, Aroundcast. Yeah, our podcast is now on Comcast. We have our own channel. Comcast? Yeah, exactly. Oh, no. Sunday Morning Hoops TV? Let's do it. That would be something. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Just a rotating right, folks. thing of our old episodes, just forever. Oh no! Oh no! That's not okay. <laughs> well, 
Okay. Sam, thank you. Uh, everybody, I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. Unless you don't celebrate Thanksgiving. Wait, I think every that's not a, that's not a religious holiday. <laughs> I mean, there's some people that challenge what we celebrate, but most people celebrate today. Yeah. Um, as far as I, I know, as far as I know, as far as I know, as far as I know, you might have to cut this whole part out because maybe we're saying some really ignorant things right now that we don't understand. That's totally possible. Uh, I'll, I'll Google as it. As far I'll as I'm aware. <laughs> but yeah, Sam, as thank far you, as I'm everybody aware. who listened. Thank you. I hope you're having a happy holiday season that's going to continue for another month. And we got something special cooking next week. We got a, my buddy Ethan Hartley is going to hop on. He's a writer for Bet the Nerds. And he knows a lot about fantasy football, but he's also a big basketball guy. And we're going to be talking about our top 10 NBA players of all time list. This might have to take two shows. This is going to be a fat project here. But it's going to be a bunch of fun. We're really excited. I I know I'm going to do a lot of research on it. I, Sam, you can. I mean, I know you know a lot about basketball, so you might not have to. But I might crack open a book on this one. Wow. Bringing out the big... Guns. A book. <laughs> I think I still have the uh, the uh, 25 page flip book, child's book of like great NBA players somewhere. I have one of those, I think, somewhere. It's like 2012 best NBA players. Uh, Andre Drummond is in there. Uh, Blake Griffin's oh, I, in there. Yeah. <laughs> Blake Griffin was a baller. Blake Griffin was a baller. Blake Griffin could still go to a contender and maybe be an important piece. I think that's 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 what I would I feel bad for him stuck out there with Detroit. You, I wouldn't want to be there with uh, that that squad. But no disrespect to the Pistons. But Sam, yeah, thank you as always, everybody. Continue to have a great holiday season, and we'll see you guys next week. Later.